0: Welcome to Yours Mentally, a podcast that discusses issues that we all have on our mind but are too afraid to speak on. Our podcast is a safe space for anyone who wants to discover more about and improve their mental well-being. On this episode of Yours Mentally, we have with us Dr. Pragya Sharma, who is a clinical psychologist. She has been working in this field for more than nine years. She has an MPhil in clinical psychology as well as a PhD in clinical psychology. She has been awarded the Youth Fellowship Award from the World Congress of Psychiatry. We're so, so happy to have you, Pragya. So in today's episode, where we talk about imposter syndrome, Pragya, can you please give our listeners a basic understanding of what exactly imposter syndrome means and how it affects a person.
1: So imposter syndrome is about, uh, you know, you're believing that I am not as competent as others are. I am, uh, I'm not as competent as others think I am, or even to one's own self. It feels like I have, I'm just behaving like someone that I'm not. I don't have these capabilities, these abilities. I don't have this knowledge, but I'm pretending to have all these things. So you feel like an imposter. Right.
2: Okay. So Pragya, what are the generational and gender differences in imposter syndrome?
1: So uh, with regards to gender, there have been a lot of studies, which earlier studies said that women have more imposter syndrome. However, more uh, present line of studies say that there's, there's no difference between men and women, because uh, earlier it was thought that, you know, since women have been told in spaces that they're not good enough, that they're not good enough at work, sphere especially with the professional sphere earlier on in times. So they used to have this imposter syndrome more than men did at that point of time. But right now it's said that both have it equally. Uh, with respect to generations, uh, we are not sure because earlier on, this was not a thing. it didn't have a term. So uh, not, not a lot of people researched about this. However, this was not verbalized by a lot of people in the earlier generations. But right now, this is coming up big. A lot of feel, people feel like an imposter in whatever they are doing. So it seems like current generation has uh higher imposter syndrome than earlier generation did however there's nothing to prove it as such it's just about who verbalized it more who's talking about it more and earlier on whether it was really not there or whether it was not talked about
2: okay so um you said that women tend to have more imposter syndrome than men so is this just because of the cultural differences or um is it is there a biological difference as well <laughs>
1: No, uh, right now, they're saying that there's no difference. Earlier on, it found that women have more of an imposter syndrome, but I I don't think there is any cultural uh, orientation to it, or if there are, I'm not familiar with it, but it was more to do with the fact that women, especially in the professional sphere, were made to believe that they're not as good as men. So they were thinking in those terminologies and they were thinking that, okay, I am here, I'm doing this work, but I am not doing it good enough. Mm-hmm. I am just trying to do it, but I don't know this. The right. male part knows it better. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay.
0: Okay. That's right. Pragya, you spoke about, uh, you know, it being seen in men and women more, but uh, I want to ask you, don't you think imposter syndrome would be seen more in school-going children?
1: Mm-hmm. No, no, go on.
0: Yeah. So basically in school-going children, you know, because because of the competition that we have in studies and stuff like that, and, you know, just our just everything around us are extracurriculars and all. So don't you think it would be seen more in students as compared to people in jobs and maybe older?
1: That's an interesting idea. I am not sure I have come across something like that mm-hmm. because, um,
0: so, what's your opinion on, on this?
1: Um, I feel that in school children, it should not be as much. Mm-hmm. I mean, trends are changing and people are not now becoming more uh, achievement oriented at an earlier age. Mm-hmm. So that's, be why it's coming up in school-going children if it is. However, I'm not aware of the prevalence and uh, if there is, uh, if it is there, if it is, then maybe it would be in the higher level of classes when, you know, the competition comes into view and uh, everyone becomes more achievement-oriented and that time, they are thinking, but I'm personally not, not aware of this in school-going children. Right.
2: I think I agree with Aman that it might be there more in like high school children because i think when you have a job like when you have money as an in- incentive won't it like lessen your imposter syndrome Like, doesn't that make sense mm,
1: not not really because you mm-hmm. know
2: um,
1: in in childhood you have also have a lot of other things to weigh your self worth by Mm, So you you are looking at your social circles you are looking at your extracurriculars you are looking at work you're looking at life you're looking at friends so there are a lot of things that make you uh, realize your self-worth but the more you grow up you know all those things kind of uh, fade away Mm. and your work is where you decide your self-worth from yeah so if, if you know if something is going well in your social life or something it's it's very, it's far off. It's not, it's not your daily reality, your, your reality and your money and your prestige, everything is related to work. So if you feel that that is not happening, you, you are doing something, but you don't feel like you're capable of doing it. So that comes back much more harder than it would for a child or mm-hmm. an
0: adolescent. Right. So Pragya, what are some potential triggers of imposter syndrome?
1: Some uh, potential triggers could be um, a failure or something, as in if you are giving an exam and you didn't get enough marks. So even if it's just one isolated incident, it makes you question your ability in the first place. Even if you would have been topping your exams all the while, just a little drop in your uh, scores and you feel like everything before that Was just pretending. This is me. I am a failure. So, exams. Then taking on more responsibilities. If you take on more responsibilities than you uh, can deliver, also makes you feel like I am not good enough for this. I can't do this. Uh, A lot of uh, self doubt that creeps in sometimes. Either it could be Mm -hmm. due to bullying. It could be due to something someone has said, and you have internalized it that this person said that. I'm a failure. This person said that you can't do this. It's it's not in your capability. So that makes you question yourself, even though you might have the capability, but you feel like, no, I can't. I'm not, I'm not this person.
0: Right. So Braga, you spoke about, uh, you know, during examinations you start thinking you're a failure, even if you're, you know, getting the highest marks or whatever. Hmm. So don't you think this is where the stress and performance graph comes into play where higher the stress, your performance increases to a certain point and then reduces. Do you think that is a result of imposter syndrome? Like, you know, you keep calling yourself a failure, you keep stressing you and then that stress in a way, you know, betters your performance. Like, I think I see this a lot in people who are giving competitive
1: exams. Mm -hmm. That's an interesting way of looking at it. I won't say that this is the case always because a lot of times it's also about overconfidence. So uh, Mm -hmm. when you good scores in exams, you become overconfident. You read a little bit less, you study a little bit less, and hence your exams uh, scores go down. Uh, Other thing that is related in this manner is uh, you know the anxiety graph. uh, The less the anxiety, uh, you Mm -hmm. won't study. But if there's a moderate amount of anxiety, you will study. If the anxiety increases further, you will again not be able to study. So Mm -hmm. that is so there, but yes, a portion of it could be. I'm hypothesizing here could be because of imposter syndrome where you feel you're not good enough. So you don't put in uh, so much uh, time studying because you feel like I'm not good enough. Uh, Studying is not going to help me. I'm just pretending to be someone I'm not. And that might also lead to low scores. Yes. Right.
2: Okay. So is imposter syndrome a mental illness?
1: Uh, It's not defined by any uh, diagnostic manuals. So I won't say that it's an uh, mental illness per se, but it can lead to mental illness. So if someone has an imposter syndrome that continues because imposter syndrome is usually something that comes and goes, you'll feel it today. But tomorrow you might not uh, remember it and you might be fine with it. But if this becomes your everyday reality, then it might turn into depression because you're constantly feeling not good enough. So imposter syndrome by itself is not um, a mental illness, but it can. Develop into a mental illness, it can develop into an anxiety disorder, it can develop into depression, it can lead to uh, conflicts with your friends, it can lead you to uh, isolate yourself in terms of social isolation. So, you can have social anxiety, you don't want to go out, you don't want to talk to people. So, uh, it can trigger all mental illnesses, yes.
0: So can you elaborate on the Dunning-Kruger effect and how it is related to imposter syndrome? And before like elaborating on the effect, can you explain in short what the Dunning-Kruger effect is?
1: So Dunning-Kruger effect is a cognitive bias, which we say is a thinking error, which says that those who have a low ability a particular task, they overestimate their ability. So this is kind of uh, the opposite of uh, imposter syndrome where you don't, uh, It's it's kind of, Overconfidence, if you say, I'm, I'm not uh, good at this thing, but I think that I can do this, even though I can't. So it's mm-hmm. the it's, it's opposite of imposter syndrome in terms of your being overconfident about something, in terms of you feeling that there is a superiority in me, which is, which is kind of an illusion.
2: Also, how exactly do you identify imposter syndrome in another person? Like, what are the signs, typical signs that you see in a person who has imposter syndrome?
1: So you might see a decline in their, um, exam scores and their work performance. It might go down, uh, it, uh, you might see that, uh, they are not taking on, uh, more responsibilities because they are afraid they won't be able to do justice to them. So they will start to cut down on their work, their productivity will go down. They will start self-doubting themselves. They might say quite, uh, things like, I will not be able to do this. Uh, I don't think I can take on more. Or uh, they might be attributing it to outside factors, so they might say, "Okay, I was not able to do this because this." So blaming others also happens, and some dissatisfaction from uh, their studies or their jobs, or you might see that they are getting burnt out; they are not able to uh, perform at their previous levels, and they might also uh, start shying away from uh, promotions. So they. Ask for promotions; they will not think that they are good enough to get that uh, promotion, or um, they will um, start to um, take on uh, extremely challenging goals, which is which is the opposite of uh, the other symptoms that I've talked about. So, mm-hmm. uh, if they take on extremely challenging goals, and if they feel disappointment, so they are trying to uh, use it as a self. Uh, um, you know, the prophecy that, see, I, I told myself that I'm an imposter, I, I can't do this, nice.
2: so
1: They prove their own thoughts to themselves. Mm-hmm.
2: So a lot of the signs you just said, like, they sound very similar to like laziness. So how do you draw a line between imposter syndrome and laziness?
1: Uh, it's only from the previous behavior of the person. So if a person was very productive, was very goal focused, was doing everything, and all of a sudden you see this change, that's when you uh, think that, okay, something is going wrong. If a person is lazy, they were lazy before they were lazy. Yeah.
2: Before nothing has changed. Right, right. Makes sense. Okay. And lastly, how can we work towards overcoming imposter syndrome?
1: First thing is talking about it, sharing your feelings Mm. uh, with Mm. colleagues, with friends, with family members to gain a more uh, realistic perspective of their own abilities and competence to uh, get an uh, overview of what it looks like from another person's perspective, because this is what they feel. But once they start hearing a friend say, I don't think so, you have achieved this, uh, trying the friends or the family members can show uh, opposite evidence to this person. In terms of what they have achieved in the past and what they have been achieving and doing with their lives, to show that they are not imposters. So, if the person doesn't talk to anyone about it, he will not get a diff- he or she will not get a different perspective. So, talking about it is the first thing to start. Uh, mm-hmm. The second thing, as uh, we talked about symptoms, so being aware of the symptoms that okay, this is happening. So, what does this mean for me? Right. So that for oh, having that awareness that this is, I am probably going towards imposter syndrome then accepting that, uh, always being perfect is impossible. So, uh, if we keep achieving for perfectionism, we will fail sometime or the other because we are humans, we make mistakes. We are fallible. So, uh, going for perfectionism is difficult. So just accepting that it's okay. If I fail, it's okay. If I made a mistake, I'm human, it happens. I cannot succeed all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Having those negative thoughts to, to challenge them, to, to, see whether they, there have been any achievements in the past that they are not thinking about, that they're ignoring in this particular stream of uh, thought and to celebrating their achievements, to start celebrating even little achievements, not waiting for that uh, inaccessible goal that's so far into the future that you can't look at it. So just, just celebrating little achievements day by day, recalling past successes that they have had and even sometimes keeping a record of positive feedbacks that they've got from others. Okay,
0: so Pragya, I have a bit of a controversial question, you can choose to answer this or not, but don't you think sometimes people, uh, they they pretend, like you know, uh, they show these symptoms of imposter syndrome, but don't you think most of them just do it for validation, like, you know, these uh, toppers and all be like, oh, I'm a failure, and you said that is one of the symptoms of imposter mm-hmm. syndrome, but I feel, don't you think they do it just to, you know, make others believe that, you know, that they are sort of in grief of their marks when they're actually not, they're just happy. Don't you think people do it for validation more than it being impossible? Well, some,
1: know? some, uh, amount of, uh, population might be doing that very possible because there are all kinds of personalities out there. And, and one of the personality, when we say histrionic, we also talk about attention seeking, uh, person. So yes, some of them might be just seeking your attention, just wanting some validation, wanting some feedback, but I wouldn't say that imposter syndrome doesn't exist or that not, no one has it. Some people really do. So it's just a, yeah. what is it that you want to give this person? Do you do you really think you know giving someone validation is that bad? Even if this person is uh uh you know saying pretending because we really want to give validation to that person with imposter syndrome. You know maybe we mm-hmm. can. Like, right, right, like, true. Like I feel
0: like I mean like our generation usually does just believe that you know all these uh, toppers do it for validation so even if they actually Mm -hmm. have imposter syndrome I feel no one will believe it like they're like you know like if someone comes and I I think tells anyone like you know I have imposter syndrome like if a topper says that no one's going to believe it no one is going to believe it because they think that they're doing that also for for validation you know for sympathy and validation and so they will probably probably not believe it So I think that's like a problem with our generation. Paka, do you think imposter syndrome applies in relationships as well? Like romantic relationships where one partner considers himself as a loser in the relationship?
1: Uh, I I mean, it hasn't been termed that way. But uh, yes, a lot of relationship problems uh, do stem from the fact that one person feels that I'm not deserving of the partner. When they see the partner being uh, Mm. much better than them. But it has. Mm-hmm. I don't think it has been termed as imposter syndrome. It it hasn't been talked about in those uh, uh, relationship things. It has always been talked from a work performance uh, sort of a uh, perspective. But oh, okay. I mean, yeah, it's it's pretty similar when you talk about it. Now, so you mean by work
0: perspective, you mean like when the partners doing more? No, no, no no, 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 no. I was saying
1: I, outside of relationships, just as an individual when. Um, Achievement
2: oh, okay, 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 related. Okay, okay. It's yeah. not been termed
1: with relationships. Yeah. So that's quite
0: interesting. I answered quite a few of my questions. so yeah. uh, I hope some toppers are listening to this episode. Really <laughs> want them listening to it. They might just feel good about themselves. So bad, you never know. Um. <laughs> thank you, Pragya, for being with us on this episode. Uh, I really enjoyed this one. And to everyone listening, thank you for listening, and I'll see you in the next episode.